Hey everybody, this is Ryan with the Circle of Dads podcast. Welcome. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for downloading it and sharing it with your friends and leaving us reviews. If you haven't done those things, I, I, would, I would ask you to please take the time and do that. Download us to your device, uh, subscribe, share with a friend if you get something out of this or if you think they would. And then um, leave us reviews and ratings. I mean, that stuff matters. It just takes a few seconds, and it, and it really it really pays off the big for us. I mean, that's how we get found. Uh, and it helps us grow our, grow our audience. You know, if you hear anything from anyone on, um, on this episode or on any of these episodes that you get something from, share it. Share their Instagram. Share them with other people. Buy their products. You know, check them out. And that's, that's, that's how we're going to continue to grow and help each other. And, and when we help them, they help us and, and everybody wins. So speaking of that, on episode 35, we had Scott Hambrick of Online Great Books. And what that is, is it's a uh, program to where they send you a book. Um, you know, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle. Um, and then they walk you through the book. You know, and they kind of build you up to more complicated books. And I don't, I'm sure y'all have heard me talk in previous episodes that my education stopped pretty soon and pretty abrupt. When it comes to things like these, I've always been a little intimidated by it because it's like, damn, man, I mean, where do you even begin? And what they have done is they have made it to where anybody can read these books and they kind of walk you through and coach you through and and talk you through each of these works and now, listeners of Circle of Dads, if you go to onlinegreatbooks.com slash circle, you'll get 25% off the first three months of your subscription. And then it helps us out as well. Helps us, you know, pay for this show, pay for production costs. And then also, we've got another partner. There's a lot of CBD companies out there. Um, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. Everybody has a product. Uh, they're putting it in toothpaste and beer and toilet paper and just about everything. But it's hard to find good products and all that noise because where do you even begin? With Berkeley Gold, that's a Texas-based company that's nationally recognized. They're a CBD brand who offer healthy CBD options for all of your wellness needs. Berkeley Gold's current products include CBD tinctures, CBD gummies, topicals and cbd pet products i don't know about y'all but if, if any of y'all have a dog um, that's a little neurotic or gets a little jumpy like when you travel you know we tend to take 12 or 13 hour road trips um maybe once or twice a year and we take our dog with us and gus is is a majestic animal you know he's a german shepherd lab mix i mean he's most fucking handsome dog I've ever met, but he's big. He's like 110 pounds. He's seven years old and he's a sweetheart. But when he's walking back and forth in my truck, just pacing across the back seat, it's not a lot of fun. And especially not if anybody's back there with him. So these CBD gummies kind of help him calm down a little bit and they don't hurt the dog. They don't make them, they don't give them anxiety. Uh, the ones with the THC do. So if you're giving your dog gummies and they have uh, THC in them. It's not real good for them. This is a company that has all pharmacist formulated products. They don't just throw some stuff together. Everything is 100% USA organic. They're lab tested to ensure consistency and transparency from seed to shelf. If you want to learn more about Berkeley Gold, 
and their comprehensive line of THC-free CBD products, please go to www.berkeleygoldcbd.com. That's B-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y-G-O-L-D-C-B-D.com. Or you can follow them on Instagram at berkeley underscore gold and Facebook berkeley gold LTD. Also, Circle of Dads listeners, um, if you type in circle15 at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order, and then that helps us. Helps them, helps us, helps you, everybody wins. Okay, I got all that out of the way. And it's really, I shouldn't even say out of the way because I'm just super grateful to have partners like this and have uh, sponsorship opportunities. That means things are going good. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. Next to that sweet mustache, I see that well, you're... Well, <laughs> I just gotten it started. It's about a week. That's about... Mine's so fair that it just takes time, but it's going to fill in. It's going to hit that next gear. It's, it's good. Well, I sent you that picture of mine. <laughs> I was so upset. Yeah, I could tell you were you were you were self analyzing whether or not you really liked it. You were like, Yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna it's, be it's okay. Good. You just, it's okay, it's just fine. <laughs> you try to talk yourself into it. Yeah, this is gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah, this is this is gonna be okay. No, no, it looks good. No, no, I think it looks good. Yeah. You it's were fine. looking you were looking for confirmation. You were looking for what's not conf- affirmation from me. <laughs> and then I was trying to find a place to where I could get chin implants. <laughs> You got a great chin. Yeah. Well, when you have a giant beard on it forever and then you shave it, it's like, oh. Tiny? Yeah. Well, you know, um, are you recording this? I am. Yeah, that's good because this is good conversation. Ryan Milchner, you know, with Order of Man. I don't know. I can't remember. Mickler. Really. Uh, okay. I, I was about to say, I'm probably not saying his name right. But Mickler? We'll Mickler, Mitchler. Yeah, he'll he'll let me know if he hears this or I'll, I'll ask him. Um, but he... Um, he shaved his way down recently, just kind of contoured it and shaved it down, you know, and, and it's already grown back out. I think it's just become so much a part of his persona that, and I get that. I've never really had, you know, I, like I always say about you, facial hair prowess. I mean, you've got crazy follicular genetics. You have epigenetics. Your hybrid vigor in your follicles is amazing. I mean, your goatee has its own zip code pretty much. Thank you. It's amazing. Your goatee is bigger and fuller than most guys' beards. Yeah. All right? I, I, I like that. You know? And so, you know, when you got hair like that, you should grow it. Well, you know, uh, I don't have it on my head anymore. I was, I was super excited about going gray. I was really looking forward to that. I think, I think gray hair or salt and pepper hair on, yeah. on men yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, it does. And, uh, but then I started my receding hairline just... <laughs> Yep. Like, it went. Are, are you a little bald on the back and the top too? Do you have a little bald spot? Yeah, it's getting back there too, but I think... That's yeah, not bad. You I, have more of a receding hairline than anything. Because that was, uh, you know, I always had the widow's peak. Yeah. When yeah. I quit drinking, I remember it came out in clumps. Like it went back like an inch in wow. a year. Because there's one little mole on my head. Yeah. That was my benchmark. Yeah. That was my um, my high water, my, was it the low <laughs> tide? mark. Yeah, the low tide mark. Water mark. <laughs> and, uh, and that thing, like it kept like... There was more, there was a big gap. Yeah. And I was like, son of a bitch. 
but you <laughs> know losing ground yeah well i mean i just i decided going bald was better than drinking again so yeah i actually have true what we call um uh mpd mpb male pattern baldness where it actually i have the you know the the hole on top and then it just you know a widow's okay so a, here's the deal a receding hairline is actually kind of cool looking yeah. All right. Just a plain receding hairline. If you if you got that island going on and you can grow that, that's pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. But when you have classical male pattern baldness, then what happens is it just kind of gets wispy and thin everywhere, like your whole top of your head. It's just like a take a big horseshoe and just put it on your head. That's about what goes away, and so it doesn't really look good anymore. It's so the, the the baldness is one of those things because I'll see older guys right, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of one of those things that it's so, um, you're so used to seeing it you don't realize it's right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- there's this like uh, there's this one attorney in Fort Worth in particular. I'm not going to say his name. He's an older guy. He's a super uh, a brilliant guy. Yeah. And the last time I saw him, you know, he's wearing the suit. And I mean, the guy's like a good looking dude. Yeah. I mean, built nice, good stature. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, if you look good in a suit, it doesn't really matter yeah. what you got yeah, going on right. underneath it. That's why, the, right. that's why they make suits the way they make them. Right. And, um, and he's just got that whole powerful mm-hmm. thing going. And I saw him, um, and then he walked past me and I realized, you know, he had that, the apron. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, huh. But, I guess some people like that, you know, but like when I see that, I'm like, why don't I just cut that damn thing? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a friend. I've got a friend. I'm, I'm sure he didn't listen to your podcast, but I won't say his name. Um, but um, he's, he's a great guy, but I, I've told him for years and I would tell him today, if I saw him today, you need to shave that rug, man. You need to shave that thing. That thing is just, at some point, it's, it's like you're holding on to something that you should have let go. It, uh-huh. It's just, it, you're, oh, it's done. You know, you're over, you know. So I started shaving my head years ago, probably about, I want to say it's been probably 12, 13 years ago. My early 40s, I started shaving. And I just realized that, you know, when your hair on the top, you try to grow something on the top. And I wore a flat top for years, too. I wore like a buzz cutter, a flat top. And and so, but after a while, when your hair on the sides. Starts looking like a picket fence. (laughs) Yeah, it looks thicker on the sides than it does on the top. The top looks flat. Yeah, it just it doesn't look youthful anymore. So, so I can remember the first time I shaved. I think I was weighing one sixty eight ish at the time. I, we had just opened our first CrossFit gym, and and um, and I had gone, you know, paleo, whatever it was back then. It was probably Zone or Paleo. I think it was Zone back then. But I was really watching my diet, and I went from like right at two hundred to one sixty eight. And Michelle was like, "Dude, y- you need to put some weight back on. You look like a cancer patient." And then when I shaved, she was like, "Oh." No, you need to put some weight back on. So I got up to about 175, hovered there for a while, but but it took me a while to get used to it. Now what's funny is it's funny. It's again, it's about human perception. It's funny how the people around me now, when they they can't imagine me with hair, they see pictures of Missy and I when we were younger, and they're like, "No way, dude. No, I like <laughs> you much better without hair." And I had good hair growing up. Sure, but it's it's weird how how you perceive yourself, you know, as you're as you're getting older as a man. Now I don't even think twice about it. You know, I just shave I, it. I had a. You look good, bald, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I you had, got a good head. I had, you know, it was going thin. It was getting thinner and thinner, and and I have pretty fine hair anyway. Yeah. My brother's got thick, curly black hair. 
and I've got a thin, like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, brown. So we don't have the same genetics when it comes to stuff like that. And he's six, five. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Y'all mind, y'all come from the same mother and father? Same mama? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I well, I got all my dad's alcoholism yeah. and anger. So, hey, I mean, hey, I, there you go. Yeah. You know you're from that side. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, the rec- it started receding. And then um, I started dating Marty probably about two years after I got sober, or a year after I got sober. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had hair. And there's pictures of me with my hair grown out. And it just never looked like I thought it looked okay. But I yeah. knew it was I knew it was going I was thinning out yeah. and, um, and I, so, uh, Edward, the guy that runs district barbershop in Fort Worth. Um, and if any of you guys need a barber in Fort Worth district barbershop is, is a great place to go. Um, and he's got a few other locations, but he, he was cutting my hair and he finally looked at me and said, say, man, how long are you going to keep doing this? That's funny. Or how long are we going to keep doing this? Like you were the shittiest salesman I've ever met. That is a universal experience for guys that go bald. Because I went into my barber in the Keller South Lake area. I, went to the, I had a barber shop I used to go to. I think it was called South Lake Barbers or something. That is right off of seventeen oh nine in Keller there, and I guess that's South Lake. But whatever. But I walked in one day and he he um um you know I I I was kind of beginning to get it. You know I was kind of beginning to realize that maybe my hair wasn't as cool as I thought it was and I would not say that I'm a vain person but I would say that both you and I are vain oh yeah in other words I mean I I don't think it's in a cocky um inappropriate um you know just being a plain out bastard type type of person uh, you know uh, that type of person but I do think that that we we want to look good you know I want to look good you know when I put a suit on I want it to look good you and I train I want to I want to look like I train you know why do all that work and not have the aesthetic value of it plus it's youthful looking as we get older I think that's that's part of who we are too and and um but um oh one of us but um I think that uh I went to the barber and I, um, I'm sitting in the barber chair and I go, Hey, Hey man, uh, you know, tell me a little bit. What's, what's going on up there? How's it looking? I mean, you gotta go real short, go with a flat top. Hey, what, what do you think about me going back to a flat top? And he goes, he goes, well, man, I just, I hate to tell you this, but you know, it's, it's, um, your hair's just, uh, your hair's just not real, not real thick up there anymore. And I go, what are you talking about? He said, well, it's like there's less trees in the forest. And I go, are you saying I'm going bald? And he goes, well, yeah, kind of, but I don't, I mean, I'm not telling you you're bald, but yeah, your hair is a lot thinner than it used to be. You just don't have any. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just, it, God, was, that's got to be a tough position to be a hairstylist or a barber and tell someone who really is in denial that, you know, that they're losing their hair. But I, I had never, growing up, I... I never had any indication or any thought that I would be balding. Now, my uncles on my mother's side, my uncles bald, my cousins bald, my, my other cousins really thinned. I got a lot of my grandfather on my mother's side. He's bald, you know, so got a lot of baldness in my family. Yeah. But my dad had a lot of hair, and my and my my grandfather on my dad's side had a lot of hair. But, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you, you just, you grow into it and then you become who you are. But now people, when I see you without hair, I, I, I think you look good without hair. You definitely got really good facial hair genetics. You know, you got a good beard, good goatee. When I, when I see you without um, facial hair, I mean, 
I remember one time this 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 woman that worked for us at our CrossFit gym, Shannon Kellum. She saw you, and you had just shaved your face. This has not been very long ago, probably six seven years ago, probably. And you had just shaved your face, and you were training and everything, so you don't look a whole lot different than you do now. I mean, it hadn't been that long ago. And she saw you without a beard. She goes, "Oh no." Oh, no, 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 no. That's not his look. That is not his look. Tell him he needs to grow that beard back. <laughs> so basically, I need to hide the face, Shannon. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but, but you look good. You look, and some guys I just think look good with facial hair. But, but, um, but yeah, so, yeah, I think it changes kind of you, – you grow into it. And, you, just, you, you know, every man's just got to learn how to adapt. I think that not hanging on to um, – like you got to meet yourself where you're at. No, absolutely. And not try to hang on to things that you shouldn't like, like just, yep. I mean, you tell me all the time we're, we're seasonal. Yep. It's all about seasons. And you know, I shave my head and, uh, Marty loves it. Yeah. She loves it. I mean, she loves the look. She, she thinks it's sexy. Yeah. And, um, when I shave, I, what I was doing is if I spend too much time home alone, bored, which I'm never bored at home, I've always yeah. got something to do yeah. and there's a electric razor charged up. <laughs> I'm gonna start shaving shit. Just, <laughs> Great. Like maybe just a little trim around the nipples to <laughs> yeah. see what happens. <laughs> the, the, I, I mental image there. I just do not need to see. That. So I was trimming my beard, and it was kind of like back when I had sideburns, 25 yep. years ago. And you trim one, and the next one a little higher, and a little higher. And the next thing you know, you're like, fuck. So you just went all the way. I just went. I just said, fuck it, and I just trimmed it. But yep. I left the I left the mustache because that is an awkward thing to grow back out. Yeah, but you're right in it right now. Yeah, the, I know. The, in I the know. thick of it, I don't want to well, say in the thick of it. No, because it's not quite <laughs> thick yet. Yeah, it just looks like a little shadow. And my hair is red and gray. It's kind of reddish, light brown and gray. So it's it's like watching the sun sun come up. <laughs> it's terrible over your lip. Yeah, Michelle doesn't. You know, Missy doesn't like facial hair anyway. But but I, you know, there's not too many things I hang on to. And, and that's one thing that every now and then I like to grow a beard or I like to grow a goatee at least. Or, and around hunting season, you know, I got to have facial hair around hunting season because uh-huh. you just, you don't want to mess with it, you know. Plus it's camo. Yes. It's facial camo. You got to have facial camo when you're out in the woods. Man. For all the red gray trees out there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's all about breaking up in silhouette. Yeah. I mean, it's all about breaking. You know, hey, you probably know this, but I'll tell you something about camo. It's kind of interesting. Did you know that black is probably the best camo to wear in a blind? Because of blending in the shadow? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're wearing camo shirts inside a blind, you know, like a bow hunting blind or something. Yeah, black's the best. Black or dark brown. And a solid color. Because you, you, you basically just kind of blend in with the background of the blind. Especially if you've positioned it right and the sun is shining right when it goes down into sundown or sunrise. So, I didn't know that. But, That's um, good information. Yeah, we were about to, you know, I was about to go on that South African trip that got canceled because of the dreaded Corno 91. I'm, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. COVID 19. I like to call it Corno 91, and all my staff hate that. I'm like, hey, don't, you're going to get the Corno. Don't get the Corno. But, <clears throat> but um, no, serious, for all the people that have it, just, I hope you get better. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and and uh, the the guy that we were that I was going to use said basically bring a black shirt, a dark black shirt, and a dark brown shirt, and a camo shirt. But I want you to wear a dark black or brown when you're in the blind. So that's cool. So yeah, but um, what kind of questions do you want to ask me? Because you can edit that right there. So what kind of questions do you want to ask me? <clears throat> Where do you want to start? Let's start with first. Let's talk about who we got here. I'm sure everybody already knows. Um, this is Ryan with the Circle of Dads podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And I'm with my man, 
Dr. D, Coach D, Uncle Bubba, Brother D, Darren Deaton. Uh, he's known by many names. Um, I'm proud to say asshole is not one of them. <laughs> not normally. That's definitely – ne- I've never heard anybody explain uh, uh, describe you like that. Yeah, one of my business partners might every now and then call me that, but that's, that's another story. So. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll be fine. Yeah, they're going to be fine. They're doing good. Yeah. And we're out here at his beautiful ranch in um, Lipan? We are actually, you know, we have a Stevenville address, but if you really had to put us in a town town, we're in Patillo. Patillo. Patillo, which is when you come, when you make the left-hand turn and you get on to 3208, um, that, there's a little Baptist encampment there and a little Baptist church. That's Patillo Baptist. And so, but that would be the closest town. It doesn't exist anymore, but I like to put on Instagram and other pictures and stuff, Patillo, because I just, I like the sound of the little town. But the closest town to us would be Lipan, and then, but we have a Stephenville address because of the way the post office works, because it's a communist thing, you know, it's, it's crazy. I don't know why we're, we're 20 miles north of Stephenville, you know, but, but uh, it's, it's really weird. But, but yeah, so we're at the 5M Ranch, uh, and um, we're just hanging out. It's a rainy, rainy day, and uh, we were going to shoot, we're going to shoot some guns here in a minute. Yeah, we just, got, to, got to go out and tour the ranch, the new yeah. area you got. New land. Maybe do a little deer hunting there later, and not not later now, but turkey hunting too. We talked about doing some turkey. Absolutely, hunting. looking forward to that. Yep. Um, man, let's just talk about. You know what I was thinking about the last time we spoke? We were talking about um, the type of guys that need to be on this show. You know, there's so many guys, mm-hmm. and and uh, I mean, there's a ton of great people that are, would be guests that we're all used to seeing on on shows and hearing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I remember this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and like those guys would be great and awesome, but I feel like with them a lot of times there's a disconnect. You know, because it's like you look at David Goggins or or Cameron Haynes or yeah. any guys like that. Um and a lot of people kind of fall into that it must be nice. Yeah, I could do that if or I could do that, but and they put in the ceiling for themselves mm-hmm. and the excuse of why they can and kind of giving themselves a cop out sure. of if, if they never make it. But I mean, they're just normal guys that are just really passionate about what they did yeah. and they became obsessed with it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's definitely one characteristic. A lot of those guys have is, is they, they are obsessed with the one thing and that they do not change their focus on that at all. Mm-hmm. And then we're out here at your ranch, and this is something that you've been focusing on for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, people might say that and be like, well, it must be nice to have a ranch out there and just hang out. But, yeah. but this didn't come easy. No, no. And I, you, know, I, you know, we had talked about this the other day. We've talked about this on several occasions. And, and sometimes I, I, I think to myself, I want to make sure I'm not feeling this way or thinking this thought line because I'm jealous or because I'm... I'm uh, uh, because I'm coveting someone else's accomplishments or things like that. Feeling less than. Yeah, or... yeah, or feeling less than, n- lack of measure up. But I don't think it's that. I've, I've kind of assessed that and evaluated that on many conversations with myself. I think it's more this, and this is kind of what, what we talked about, and that is um, all men want to be, all men, 
have a leader to some extent. All men find a leader or a type of leadership in one particular man, in a group of men, in uh, a type of a group of men or whatever, a particular genre. You know, it might be in the hunting industry. It might be in the sporting industry, sports. It might even be in business or whatever it is. And I, I, what I see in podcast is that a lot of the podcasts that are bigger podcasts, they have guys on the podcast. And, and, I, don't, and I don't think this is a bad thing. But I think that there, there are guys that are that we know nothing about them other than this guy was an amazing Navy SEAL, you know, and that might not that that might be the only thing that he has going for him, mm-hmm. you know, or this guy's an amazing hunter. Well, I want to know, too, is what's his family life like? What's his business life really like? What's his spiritual life like? What's his personal relationships part of his life like? Now, a lot of those guys are very well balanced, but my experience has been with men that are very notable and have a lot of notoriety that that's not normally the case. Mm -hmm. They're not normally balanced. Um, And so I think a lot of guys who are just normal everyday guys, and I don't knock that because I consider myself a normal everyday guy, um, but I think that guys that are normal everyday guys – um, they, you know, we're, we, we like the really polarizing, you know, leader type and everything. But then we look at that person and we say to ourselves, yeah, that's motivating, but I could never be like you said, like Cameron Haynes or David Goggins or whoever it is, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, or something, someone who's on a podcast or, ha- or has notable fame. Um, and so I think that, that there, like you said, there's a disconnect there. And I think the problem is, is that I want to see genuine men who have a well-balanced, successful life. I don't care. I mean, it's cool that, you're, that, 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 that this guy was a warrior stud. And I think we need warriors in our lives. But the question is, could he hold a marriage together? Could he hold a business together? And I think what men really need to see is normal, everyday Joes who have stuck it out and you know, I think there's this concept sometimes that 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 um, you got to follow your dreams, man. You got to push. You got to go after it. And part of being a good father and a good husband and a good and a good leader and a good man is that you deny yourself sometimes too. Significantly doesn't deny yourself, and you allow someone else to take uh, first place. So you allow someone else to take priority in your life, and that might not be. Um, as sensational to follow. So take the guy that's 50 years old, 55 years old. He's got a marriage of 30, 35 years. He's raised two or three kids. He brings home the bacon every single day. He's got money set aside for retirement. He loves to hunt. He loves to fish. And um, his kids' college are paid for. And he, and, he, um, and he also has some dreams and goals that he never really got to, got to fulfill because other things took precedence. It's because he was a family man, because he was a father, because he was a husband. He had to put some of those things in the back seat. And I think, I think that's the kind of man that, I think that that's part of real manhood too. And so I think that that's not as glorious necessarily, not as uh, sensational to follow, if that makes sense. Not as Instagram worthy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not that worthy to... Yeah, it, absolutely. And, and I think there's a lot of good guys out there that do all these things. But, I, you know, people, are, people love to follow fame. People love to follow fortune. People love to follow uh, men that are very polarizing and women that are very polarizing. And, and, 
you know, when you when you really when you really look deep into their lives, you, you see a lot of holes in those people. And so I think to present those people, um, some of those people are motivators. I mean, take the influencer in industry as an example, you know? Oh, my gosh. What a train wreck. Yeah. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you've got – I mean, there are whole podcast companies now. I mean, I know of a podcast company that one of our one of our DPTs that, that – um, used to work for our practice. His wife works for this podcast company and their number one job as a pod, they're kind of a podcast influencer company. Their like number one job. Company. Yeah. Their number one job is to take someone who wants to be an influencer in a particular industry or a particular genre and make them look good and develop a following. And they do all the podcast content. They do all the work. And this person is a celebrity now to me. That's a hollow vessel. I don't think my ego could handle being a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> I, like we had to talk yeah. today about how oh, yeah. a junkie Johnny comes out at any chance he can. And it's like, I, I don't, I'm not a man of moderation. Never have been. Yeah. It, you're a polarizing. Kind it, of guy. It's either, it's either one way or it's yeah. either on or off. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, there's, there's the whole about we put aside childish things and you know, there's, <clears throat> There's got to be there. There's a gray area to like where you're, where you have your. I mean, everybody knows. Like, if you didn't make it, if you didn't get drafted, and you're 35 and mm-hmm. you're still trying to make it happen, the chances yeah. of that happening are pretty slim. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, they made a movie about the one dude that it happened to. It's probably right. not going to happen again. Right. Um, you kind of have to check it and like say, you know, I mean, there are certain things that we have planned that have expiration dates. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just you have to decide that, like you said, okay, I'm going to put this to the side. Now, I'm going to be the superstar of saving for my family, not making money a god in my household, yeah. but like you know, to where it controls us and it makes yeah. it miserable. But like, I'm going to save for my family. When my daughter gets married, you know, they're going to have down payment for a house. Right. College is going to be paid for. My wife will not have to work after age forty. Right. You know all these different things. When the grandbabies show up, then all bets are off. Yeah, sure. And and I think a lot of guys, just like you said, I mean, I'm just basically rewording what you just said. But a lot of guys get lost in that, get lost in this other stuff because, especially with Instagram, you know, at least thirty years ago, you had to flip through a magazine to see. Um, or you had to hang with those guys. Yeah, you had to actually physically socialize with the with that crowd. Yeah, or you know, people would watch Entertainment Weekly or whatever yeah, it was, and they would yeah. see how luxurious these lifestyles yeah. were, and it was like you would covet it, but then go to bed. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but now it is constantly. Oh yeah, you're constantly bombarded with it. And excuse me, half of it's fake. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's just that it's like that whole cliche of dudes renting cars to make rap videos in front of. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I saw a guy on Instagram the other day, and he's he's carrying a cougar out of the woods. You know, he's got the cougar on his back, and he's fully bearded out, and he's got this gear on and everything. And that guy may be a stud. I'm not saying he's not a stud, but if that shot wasn't set up to give a certain look and a certain persona and a certain effect in his listening audience or in his followers, then nothing's set up. Sure. And so, in other words, that's set up to give you to to stimulate a certain thought line, to stimulate a certain um, reaction from the people that follow him. And so I, I just think that, that, um, authenticity and just being who you are. And I think there's a lot of value and I think it's a balance too. I, I, I don't think you have to give up your dreams and goals. 
I'm not saying you have to always give up your dreams and goals. And I'm not saying that being, I mean, no one would say that I'm dull and that I'm not, and that I'm not, um, uh, that I'm unmotivated to achieve. Yeah. I don't think. Does not so, pop to mind. No. no. And so what I'm saying basically is that there is a balance there. There's definitely a balance. And I think we're, we, we're living, a, we're living in a culture to where, I mean, and I, and I love this. I think this is really cool, but I've, I've got a, a gentleman that I know he has, you know, like two different gentlemen. I know they have podcasts that are, that are, that are men's following stuff podcasts and they have helped a ton of men, but it just kind of tells you where our culture is that their podcasts even exist. Um, these guys are doing great works and they've done amazing things to impact men's lives. But what it says about our culture is that we've lost fatherhood. We've lost fathering. We've lost manhood. We've lost masculinity. And I don't mean mach- machismo. I mean true masculinity. And um, what what some of us have not been fathered by or have been, you know, you've had some good uh, male role models in your life and you've had some not so good male male role models sure. in your life and myself the same and so but i mean we've got we've got boy scouts for men now not boys men mm-hmm. men who need to learn some basic skills and traits and character values because they didn't ever see it modeled or mirrored when they were growing up and that's where our culture has has gotten to and it's a great thing that those organizations exist but it's a terrible thing that they have to exist yeah it's it's um i see that with men with younger guys yeah absolutely and when i and i mean it wasn't that long ago that i was a younger guy but longer than you think sure but i grew up (laughs) you know a certain way to where we had to fix stuff yeah yeah i mean i but i was also kind of a it was an interesting thing because I always loved, uh, you know, clothes and fashion and nice shit. Like I always had really nice taste, never had the money for it, but right. I really coveted all these luxury items. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I got older, um, that I, I didn't covet them so much. Like now it's more like, I believe in buying my analogy is always don't buy the $8 screwdriver 12 times Buy the $40 screwdriver once. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. And a friend uh, of mine taught me that too. Yeah. Buy the best your money can afford and a little bit more and then yep. take care of it. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with clothes and everything yeah. like that. But you know, <clears throat> we had to build or make or design. Um, every time I see something now, especially gadgets, uh, you know, if it's like red light therapy is something that I've really yeah. been into lately and sure we could go out and just buy a juve. Right. And they're expensive. They're right. expensive because they didn't just come up with that number. Right, that's, right. That's what it's worth if you don't know how to make one. Right. And so I'll just, I just made one. <laughs> you send me Marco Polo videos of you in your hot sauna with your red light. It works, man. <laughs> and, and I saved 800 bucks. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and my wife loves that. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's really attracted to that trait. Well, you're a can-do guy. And I, I think I, I don't think every every guy has to be a can do guy. I mean, you got guys that are more scholastic and more guys that are more academic and but I think that every man needs to learn you know, I put something on Instagram the other day and I didn't mean it to be religiously oriented, but but I put some of the things that I do as an individual in that post. And it but the basic the post was basically this that that, you know, we're going through this whole COVID nineteen thing right now with the virus, the, the coronavirus and everything. And I just said, you know, of any time, this is where men need to be men. And I don't mean that women can't be tough and that they aren't tough because they are. 
but but I'm not talking to the women. I'm just talking to the men right now. And this is a time where men need to be men. And that means being a leader, being a stabilizing force in the lives of the people that are around us. Um, and if you don't have that inside of you, then hang around men that do so that you can learn that skill and you can learn that trait. Learn what it's like. Learn how good it feels to be a stabilizer. Learn And, and, and some of that, from my, from my perspective, doesn't come from my own ability. It comes from my own my belief system, you know. And so I think that, that we need those kind of men today. And that requires a man of some sense of depth. Yeah. And being able to grow a little bit and recognize that, you know, we talk about this all the time with barbell training because, you know, my background with, with lifting. Um, you know, um, doing the hard is really, really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, doing the hard is really good sometimes. And all the good things in life come from the hard. They don't come from the easy. You know, you want to build muscle mass? You need to lift. And it's, it's, there's a suck fest. Like you, you, you've told me on, on many real occasions, <laughs> real occasions, you know, whether it be a workout or being out hunting with me. And you and I have hunted together in the Rockies in the middle of a sleet storm going up over a mountaintop at about 11,000, 12,000 feet. With lightning striking yes, on both lightning sides. lightning striking on both sides with packs on our back. You and I and Clayton Martin and when we were archery hunting, bow hunting together, elk hunting in the Rockies. Um, you know, hey, you're going to hate me now, but love me later. Sometimes you got to go through some really hard stuff. And if you, if, if you, if you back away from that, and you decide not to do that, you're just, you're just prolonging the inevitable. Mm -hmm. The inevitable thing is that you're going to face hardness again. And at some point you're going to have to stand up to it. And if you're not strong enough, and I don't think that's a tough macho thing. I think that's something you develop as a character trait. It's a resilience. Exactly. It's a resilience. That's perfect. Being, being strong at some point, you need, you're going to have to face that. And if you're not strong enough to do it on your own, you need to be hanging around men who are. Yeah. And you need to encircle yourself with men who are strong, whether it be in business, in their spiritual life, in their family lives, in their in their financial lives, their social lives, whatever it is. Well, because you 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 never have to be alone. <clears throat> and as a lot of a lot of guys, you know, will uh, are introverted emotionally. Yeah. yeah. They don't know how to share, and that doesn't mean you just call your buddies all the time and crying on their shoulder like whining. It's right, just right, like right. No. that's when you call one of your mentors. Um, you know, I've called you and yeah, said, dude, I'm fucking, I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know what to do about this. And, and then, and, and every time it's like, well, man, you know, I went through something real similar and this yeah. is what happened. Todd, my buddy, Todd Covington. Um, and, and he's been through, um, uh, a couple dinger divorces. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah I know Todd. I'm going to get him on the show and whew, they're going to be multiple yeah. part. It'll be a, a, a series. Did he not too long ago? Was it about a year or two ago that he won custody of his children or something? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. I remember he was in a court case and you had just started Circle Dads around that time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he had posted about it or something. It, it is the Cinderella story. Yeah. It is amazing. That's why I want him to have on the yeah. show. Um, <clears throat> but he used to always tell me, um, just be the flagpole. While everybody else is whipping in the wind, you just yep. be the flagpole. Yep. And that's that's something that I've I've shared with guys mm-hmm. when they were in the shit, you know, mm-hmm. there's no other way to say it. Yeah. But especially like right now, if if you're sitting at home and you and your wife or you and your kids or you and whoever are just sitting there just worrying and stressing and just doomsdaying and oh my anxiety. god. And, Lots and, of anxiety yeah, right and, now. And watching the news and like getting down in the shit with oh my yep. god, our president is gonna drag us through the just like all that bullshit, you know? Yep. 
don't succumb to that. You've got right. to just turn that off and be like, no, I'm the flagpole, baby. We're not going to watch that. We're going to go outside. We're going to weed eat. Yep. Or we're going to clean out these closets. If you don't have anything to do, do not just sit there in front of the in front of the TV because you're, you're, you're every day you're missing the opportunity. Um, you know, because endurance, you lose it so fast. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The mental endurance, that resiliency, you can lose that fast. I'll get comfortable. It'll it'll be like a couple of weeks before I did anything miserable. Yeah. You know? And I, and I think you have to be actionable. I think you have to live purposefully and be actionable. A lot of people, they kind of laugh at the idea that, I, you know, I, I leave town. I call it crazy town. I, I love I, I love what I do. You know, I'm a, deep, I'm a doctor of PT. Um, I love treating patients, and I do that Monday through Friday. But, but on the weekends, I love coming out to the ranch. And the reason why I love coming out here is because number one is I can get away from, I can get away with, from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can, uh, we have very poor internet here. We have very poor, I mean, we get our TV uh, through satellite, um, but we get, and we get our internet through satellite too, Sure. but it's Hughes. And I'm going to tell you, I, you know, if anyone works for Hughes, sorry, but it's terrible. Yeah. You know, I, I think this is like, it's worse than dial up speed used to be, you know? And so, you know, we'll come out here and Michelle's like, oh, I cannot believe the TV, the spinning wheel again, because you'll be watching a program and the spinning wheel starts, you know, it's the wheel of death. And so, but I kind of like that about that out here because um, it makes you do other things. But I think men, men need to be actionable. Mm -hmm. We need to be purposeful and actionable. And the way you do that is when you start seeing that news program come on, they're telling you the same old thing that you already know, that this is the worst thing that ever has hit the U.S. And by the way, it's not. If this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life, get ready. Because you're about to go through some bad stuff in your life at some point in your life. And you know that. You yeah. and I know that. And so, but, you know, instead of instead of seeing the same old thing, turn it off and go do something actionable. Do a project. Or go out to, if you have a place where you can go out, go out and hike. Or, or go take your family out and teach your son a, a life lesson or your daughter. Go spend some time with your daughter or something. And don't let them lead you through a particular thought line. I say that people are sheeple, basically. Yeah. And, um. And I think we all fall into that. We, we, we all fall into that mode sometimes. But I think we need, to be, we need to be actionable about it. We need to get out of ourselves sometimes and do something. And the heart is really good, man. It's just, it's, uh, um, I like doing things. My, M- Missy, my wife, she, you know, I'll say, no, no, I'll do this. I'll do it this way. And she's like, well, we have this. You could do it so much easier. I'm like, no, I want to do it this way. Yeah. And she, she's like, I don't understand that. Why wouldn't you want to do it this way? There's, <laughs> there's value to want to do it the hard way. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I, I just, um, I like that stuff. It's like, baby, do you want? Are we really about to pull out the list of things we don't understand about each other? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because this is called the Circle Dads podcast, and I know you started this mostly for men who were single dads. And, yeah, they, yeah. and they needed, they need, um, they need to be in a, um, uh, in a group of other men that are both, that are both single dads that maybe have remarried or that maybe they're dads who have never been single. But, you know, I've, um, you know, I was single, I got married and I've been married. Well, as of March 10th, March 10th, we were married 30 years 
And we were supposed to take a 30th year anniversary trip this next week to the UK. We were going to go to London for four days. And then we were going to go to South Africa. And we're going to do a two-day photo kind of safari lodge, real high-end thing where Michelle and I were just going to be together. And then we're going to do a five-day archery planes game. I was going to do an archery planes game safari. We were going to, I was going to try to take five South African uh, planes game. Specifically, the Gimsbach, the Kudu, the Greater Kudu, um, hopefully a, a red wildebeest uh, or a blue wildebeest, a hartebeest, and also an eland or a sable. And, um, and then we were going to fly down to Cape Town and spend three or four or five days, I think, with our friends Cliff and Stephanie Knipe. He's a missionary down South Africa, just touring the wine country and seeing the work that they're doing. And we're going to fly back to the UK and then go to Scotland for four days and back to the UK, to London, and then home. Well, guess what? The whole trip got canceled. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> the whole trip got canceled. Yeah. And, you know, and it was like six different flights and everything. And, and you know, I guess Michelle and I could be like, were we bummed about it? Yeah, we were bummed about it. It's okay to be disappointed. Yeah, we were disappointed. Crazy don't disappointed. But here's the deal. If that's the worst thing that ever happens to us, wow, we were about to take a trip of our lifetime. It's awesome to think about the fact that we had the ability to do so and, and not go in debt for it. And, and I said, uh, must be nice just to be facetious, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, let's let's look at that real quick just so, guys, because that's one thing I want people to, to really um, understand, you know. Um, you were not given a silver spoon. Oh, no. <laughs> there was no trust fund. No. Uh, anything but, no. you know. You and I have very similar – I mean, I had an alcoholic father. I had three fathers. Um, I, I may have been married for 30 years. Our marriage has definitely not been – uh, perfect for 30 years. Michelle will tell you that. The only thing that's kept our marriage together for 30 years is the fact that I have an unbelievable wife. I have an unbelievable spouse and partner and because uh, we both made a lot of mistakes along the way. But um, we've been together for almost 35 years. But I grew up in a broken home. Sure. I grew up in a, in a, in a, um, uh, what, do you, what do they call it? A blended home or whatever you call it. So my, my mother's first husband was my father mm -hmm. and then my mother's second husband she was married for six months and they got an annulment he was somewhat abusive to my sister and i and then my mother's third husband was my stepdad he kind of raised us um, and i call him my dad yeah he's my he's not my biological father but i'm more like him probably than i am my real father he's the one that fathered you absolutely yeah raised you taught you about cowboy and that's right and, and, well he taught me about hunting yeah well, I, I tell you what my dad it's <laughs> gonna sound really funny um, the one thing that my dad taught, if, if I had to say what one trait did your dad teach you, um, who raised you, um, that you, um, feel like impacted your life the greatest. And I would say to work hard. That's the one thing my dad taught me. Now, my dad was honest. He was hardworking. He was sacrificing. Um, but all of that stuff kind of centered around his work. My dad was a machinist. Mm -hmm. So when there was, you know, he worked for Bell Helicopter. When, when there was uh, overtime to be had, my dad was at the door working. You know, my dad was there. You know, when there was double overtime to work, my dad was there, you know. And he didn't do that to get away from the house to get away from the house. He did that to provide. Sure. Um, and so um, I learned that trait early, early on. Oh, I kind of get it. That's how you... <clears throat> And so now there's a balance and, and as I've grown older in my life, I recognize now that, you know, there's a balance there too, that you can't 
be working so much that you're not spending time with your family, spending time with your kids. I mean, and when my three girls were growing up, they're all pretty much grown now and raised. But I went to about everything they went, they had, every event they had, every every activity they had. I tried to be there. You know, I was involved. We were involved parents. But I may not, you know, I may not have a, been divorced as an individual, but I grew up in a divorce home. So I know what it's like to the, the wounds that come from that and the, and the, the patterns and uh, the beliefs. Yeah, yeah. And just the, the junk that, that people carry with them. And, and, um, but, I, but I really think there's, there's a, a crazy amount of value in, in doing things that you don't have to do, but you need to do doing things that, you know, we, we live in a creature comfort world. We live in an easy world. We live in a convenient world. And a lot of the things that this world provides are not good for marriages, long-term relationships, business success, personal success. It's not good. And so when we step back out of that sometimes and we do something that's a little contrary to what I would say, if you want to be, if you want to be really successful in life, if the herd is running one way, run the other. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you want to be like everybody else and, and, and that's fine. And I don't mean doing anything, you know, I don't, I'm not saying I've done anything spectacularly amazing, but if you want to be a different type of man, if you want to be a different type of father, if you want to be a different type of businessman, at some point you're going to have to do some things that kind of get you out of your comfort zone and they're really not common. Sure. You know, you're going to, you know, think about you and your business and the challenges you've had and where it's led you to and how you've developed as a man over time. The one thing I love about you, the conversations we've had have been, you know, hey, I realize I was not good at this. Plain and simple. You can deny that all you want. Sure. And you'll have, that same, you'll have that same lesson. My, one, of my, one of my best friends growing up, his father used to tell me, he was kind of a spiritual mentor. He'd say, you're going to have the same lesson presented to you over and over and over again until your creator teaches you what he wants you to learn. If it's long suffering, you're going to learn. You're going to see it. If it's patience, if it's kindness, <laughs> it, whatever it is, yeah. you're going to have that come up over and over until you develop the character trait that you're meant to develop if you're going to be successful in life. And I think that's so true, you know, and being around other men who can teach you those things is very sharpening. Give me an example of one of those things that you had to go through. Well, you know, I, I'm kind of a control freak. Um, I'm still a control freak. Um, but one of the things that I've learned in raising girls, and I had this happen recently, is that, um, you know, I mean, to me, sometimes when you're raising young daughters, when you're raising girls, you, it's so clear what needs to be done. It's obvious. Sure. The solution is obvious. But a long-term friend of mine taught me once, a guy named Steve Lawson, who's a close friend of mine. He was in my wedding. He's a, he's a minister. He's a, an amazing person. He's raised three daughters, too. And we were having a challenge with one of our daughters one time. And, and um, I knew what was right, and I knew what was wrong. And, and, he, and he came to me, and he said, Darren, and this has been, like, within the last five years, four or five years. And he said, um, you have a choice here. You can choose to... Um, have be right or have relationship yeah we, you and i had this conversation the other day yeah do you want to be right or do you want to be happy yeah yeah you can choose to have to be right or have relationship with this young 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 lady 
And so one of the traits that I had to learn just through practical experience was, was then when I had problems with one of my daughters, um, I knew it was right. And, and I needed to let them know that this wasn't acceptable. But at some point, they get it. Yeah. My girls are smart. My girls are smarter than I am by far. They got the best of the genes, the genetics, you know, when it comes to intellect. And so they know what's right or wrong. We've already taught them that. And at some point, you have to step back and you have to ask yourself, when it hits the fan, because it will, who do you want her, who, whose arms do you want her to run into? Sure. And I want them to be mine. I want, I want to be the person's arms or her creators and me. And, and, a lot, and our kids see how they see their creator through their parenting roles, through their, through their parents, their mother and father. And so, you know, he just taught me that, you know, you don't always have to be right and you don't always have to be a control freak and you don't always have to get the last word and you don't always have to, at some point, sometimes it's best just to state your, state your case and then love them and then let them, at some point, you got to let them learn on their own. And you got to let them make their own mistakes. But you got to, you know, the question is, you can be right or you can have relationship. And, you know, sometimes the right thing to do with our kids, when you think about it just from a a strict legalistic, um, just right and wrong sense, sometimes that destroys the relationship. Yeah. I've seen that. It just destroys the relationship. And then what are you, what are you then? You're right. And that's it. And, alone. and then your daughter doesn't want to talk to you for 10 years. And your wife's pissed off at yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And so life's too short for that kind of stuff. So that's, that's one practical lesson I've learned is that sometimes I just got to step back and I got to just cool my jets and I just got to recognize that, that, that they know that it's not like I'm telling them something they don't already know. They just haven't, they haven't been able to realize that yet and adapt to it. And they know what you're going to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My girls figured me out by now. Yeah. Yeah, they know. They know what dad thinks. And it's, um, you know, I struggle with that because. It's hard. And having a split household. Yeah. And not having Rooster at the house all the time. And her mom and I not agreeing on uh, everything. Yeah. You know. (laughs) I heard your last podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The. um, Or at least the one you talked to. Oh, no, in the podcast, it's something you posted on Instagram or something. That was in a private group. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, I won't say anything about that. We'll one. edit that one out. Um, I mean, she's yeah. So we just we just disagree, and yeah. you know, there's so much mud in the water because of. Um, and I've talked about this before. Is because we both have past beliefs, and um, are incapable of compromise or taking on another. You know, yeah. everything is criticism. Yeah. And, and then things get flared up. Um, so I've kind of learned to navigate through that and you just don't, you know, but, um, with Abby, there would be things that would show up and I'm like, Oh, I've got, I'm, I'm failing if I don't address this. Yeah. 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 And it would seem like every time I saw her, I was chewing her ass about something Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be a controlling, you know, hard ass. Like I want to have fun with my kid and show her how to do fun stuff and let's go make memories. And, and, but what I found was, um, it was really difficult to see the line between when I needed to yeah. just let it go and how to pick certain battles because there was things that would be said that she would say that for one, now I'm realizing she was just trying to get a rise out of me, Right. but it was just such bullshit. Like yeah. I, I would look at her and, and, I, and I'd be like, I'm, I'm thinking I failed you as a father. If I allow you to go another minute in your life, believing that is truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and of course it would just you know you call her on it and then they just change like it yeah. and then you're like chasing this slippery little worm of it's just a fascinating experience the next thing you know you're an asshole fascinating but frustrating oh my god and and um so with her you know we talked about hardship and my mind kept going to um you know like involuntary hardship yeah is amazing for men yeah absolutely that doesn't mean that you've got to go you know bobsledding across the arctic or anything just to prove that you can for me, uh, I can feel myself getting soft, and I—I I mean, I really—I know that I'm not. I'm because of just how I am, but I feel like I'll think, man, I haven't been training for anything. I haven't done anything that hurt in a long time, other than just walking around and training yeah. and stuff like that. Or, or you know, I'm kind of in a slump. And so what I do is I just start taking cold showers. Yeah. Because they—they they don't do anything but benefit you. Right. Right. And and what it does, it kind of kickstarts that. Oh man, if I can do this at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's not comfortable. No. Yeah. And and just don't seek comfort. Yeah. So I tried explaining this ideology to my thirteen year old daughter. That's not gonna work. Well, I clearly I see I see that now. <laughs> but you know, there'd be certain things because she would quit and and yeah. or she would get saved. I'm not gonna mention any names. So like yeah, anytime yeah, it got yeah. hard or anytime there was any kind of adversity, she'd get saved. Or she'd quit, and I just don't believe in that. You know, right. that doesn't mean you keep doing something you hate until you just hate life. But if right. you committed, see it to the end. At least at the end, you'll know. And then you can go do something else if you want to. So I was trying to, you know, explain to her how wonderful it feels to get to the top of a mountain. Yeah, I mean, there's just no feeling like it. Yeah. When we got to the other side of that mountain and got back to camp, yeah, those Reese's pieces were the most yeah. amazing yeah. thing. I still owe Clayton a bag of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Miles is vomiting all the oh way my down. God. The I was talking about the hunting trip when we were eating. <laughs> oh Reese's yeah, pieces. that's true. That too, man. Holy cow! But yeah. but you know, uh, e- even doing things like that kind of kickstart that um, that resilience, and they sharpen that edge, and that brings does, you alive. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that you have to go run a two hundred mile marathon, no. you know. But also, the same is true about emotional things. And mental things, yep. uh, and and um, you know, for a long time, I worked on my brawn and my strength mm-hmm. because that was my strength. I was told that my whole life It's yeah. like you know, just focus on this. This is what you're good at. Right. Never study or anything like that. Right. And I'm not making that as an excuse, but I just naturally went to what was easier. So now, for the last couple of years of my life, I've tried to strengthen my mental game. Right. You know, because we need to be well rounded. Yeah. And then th- this podcast came from me trying to strengthen my emotional game. Right. You know, because there was things that would pop up with my wife that were huge blind spots for me. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I thought I was doing all right. And if I would have turned away from those things, mm-hmm. I could think of one fight in particular. My wife and I don't typically fight. And if we fight, it's my fault. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because yeah, it's because I'm hanging on to something. I'm sure. trying to be right. I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed, I'm being prideful, or I'm just emotionally fucking confused. And I don't know what yeah. I feel, but anger's, anger's the front runner. Yeah, because Marty's a generally, I mean, her, her, her general affect is very pleasant. I mean, she's a very, she's a very um, uh, not innocuous, but you know what I mean. She's a sweet person. Yeah, but she's she, very, like, <clears throat> stern. Yeah, very that's good awesome. Boundary. You need that, man. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't naturally walk over anybody right. to be a dick. Right. But I would just go on 
my life right. and do my thing and not realize that I'm trampling on people. Right. So I've had to be very self-aware and do those inventories to see, to be thoughtful yeah. and empathetic and like, shit, man, how would I feel if I was in that situation? Well, and I think that, you know, guys like you, you're, you're a lot more thoughtful than in, than anyone. If someone saw you um, welding on some structural steel on a job site with a hood on and your gear on, they would not think you to be, you don't match that, that persona. And, and that's also a very stereotypical viewpoint too. It's not fair for you for someone to view you in that way, but you're a very thoughtful, very compassionate, very deep minded person in regards to how you think about others. And you, and, and I think it's interesting, the conversation you're having about your daughter where, where, you know, she would, she would take things personally or she would, she would get, she would get um, offended easily or anything. And I can think about, hmm, I wonder who also has developed out of that over the years. We're not uh, talking about that, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's funny. I mean, we all, I look at my girls and I see a lot of my traits in my girls. Um, the good traits that are in my girls are generally from Missy. They're from my wife because she really doesn't have a whole lot of bad traits. I mean, yeah. there's very few things about her that aren't positive, you know, and they're minor things. Um, and probably out of the two of it, I mean, our, our, like with Marty and you, it's kind of like with Miss, Missy and I. Um, if, if there's something wrong, it's usually me, or 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 maybe there's a misunderstanding or something. But I think that I think that you're right. I think that we men need to develop. We need to develop, and we need to be around men that we don't just have ca- casual conversation with, yeah. and we don't develop any depth at all in our conversation. We need to be real with other men too. Um, and it's a shame in society today that more men, it's a shame in society today that more men don't have, um, a really tight, tight band of brothers that they can hang with, that they can actually develop with, that they're just hanging with, but they're really not Their Their goal is not to develop and to be better men each, each and individually. And I think also the other thing I think we're missing in society. And I think we see it with this whole virus thing is, is that I know a lot of men that couldn't provide for themselves other than go into a company and work. Oh yeah. They couldn't hunt their own food. They couldn't provide their own family shelter. They couldn't protect their own family. And they, they, they lack a lot of just basic, what I would call manly skills. And I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not talking about being macho here. And I don't care if you're an IT guy mm-hmm. or if you're a highly creative artist or whatever, but I'm never going to be a great artist, but I would love to learn how to draw a little bit better, or I would love to learn how to play my guitar a little bit better. I, I don't normally spend time doing those things because I am a little bit more extroverted and I like to do these other more physical things more often. But even in that area, I love riding my horses and working horsemanship. And I consider that an art, how to handle a horse's face and how to get a horse to do what you want them to do and how to work with a stock dog. We were talking about that today. I just dropped off my, my dog to a stock dog trainer and the things I've done with him over the last year. And so I think that, that, um, what I see in our society today is that we have a group of men that I don't care if you're an influencer or not. Um, can you provide for yourself outside of that world? Cause that world is, is, is really not real. Yeah. And I think that the other thing is with our jobs and with, you know, we, we see what's happening with this virus right now with, within our communities, people hoarding at the grocery stores and people, you know, doing all this stuff. What, ha- what, ha- what would happen if we had a blackout in the entire country for a month? Oh, no yeah. electricity, no phone for a month, no phone to check 
you know, how to do something. For a month. Yeah. People would go crazy, you know, and I just think that, that um, men need to be different than that. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, the Boy Scouts was very big. Oh, yeah. It was huge. And um, I was growing up, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Weeblos. <clears throat> yeah, it was huge. And yeah. then, you know, some, a lot of things happened that yeah. were unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but a lot of a lot of guys benefited from that, you know, and and um, so one thing to just to just uh, uh, make sure that we say clearly is that you don't have to be able to go live out of a tent for no. five days. I mean, if you're an IT, this is not shaming anybody. Right? No, 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 no. no. It's it's because we just operate like we're all just surviving. Yes. And we need to be thriving. And so there's a couple points I'd like to make before I forget them. But like, um, one thing is, is, um, you know, back to what we were talking about with our spouse, if you're stuck at home right now, stuck, if you're at home right now and your kids are driving you crazy and your Mm -hmm. wife's driving you crazy and everybody's on each other's nerves, God, I got to fucking homeschool these kids. And yeah, cabin fever. Sure. But but let's think about that right now. Um, I don't have the luxury of having my daughter over right now. Right. You know, right. and I would lo- I would love nothing more. Right. I mean, I've protect so many- her from all the stuff that she's seen in the media, yeah. and, and just like, hey, there's so many cool things, or expose her in a way that you would want her to be to see it. Hey, this is bad. This is bad. But hey, you know what? We're going to focus on the good things here. Or, or here's a different way to look at it. And that's then, right. And then, hey, if, you, if they're old enough, let's really go down the rabbit hole of how the media really twerks us and and manipulates yeah. us. Yeah. But so what I wanted to say about that is, you know, I talk about FGOs all the time, the fucking mm-hmm. growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your family. Yeah. If you're being the flagpole and if you're going to be the spiritual leader, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like to you, whatever right. your deity looks like, right. Um, if you're going to be the leader of your household or your kids need to feel protected, your wife wants to feel that consistency. It right. doesn't mean if you're a stay at home dad and she makes all the money that she's, it, y'all are a team. Right. So anytime that you, uh, balk at that and take the easier, softer way, watch TV, just veg out all day. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of posts I see of married couples with kids day drinking yeah. is just beyond me. Yeah. Now, granted, I've been sober for 11 years, yeah. and, and if I'd probably be drunk too. But <laughs> um, it it's just beyond me. They're missing yeah. all these opportunities to, like, grow. Right. And, like, okay, this is a, what a unique opportunity to spend all this time yeah. with your kids to where – Really, everything's like you don't have a choice. You're completely powerless to that. So this is an opportunity to teach you some surrender and to teach you how to hustle and to teach teach you how to appreciate, you know, the thought of making hay when the sun shines. You know, there's one thing you said earlier about working, you know, you were given the gift of work ethic or shown Mm -hmm. work ethic, but you're also super consistent. And you're like a dog with a bone whenever you get focused on anything. Try to be. And, and, but, you know. A little ADD there, too. <laughs> sure. But I've had to grow, to, and I still struggle with that. You've had to get kicked in the balls a couple oh, times yeah. to be like, okay, maybe we'll just do one business at a I'm time. I'm an idea guy, you know, and I, I, you know, none of this stuff, none of this stuff happens in a perfect world. It, we, we don't live in a vacuum. No. And none of it happens in a perfect world. You and I are a lot alike in the sense that we have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of, oh, man, that'd be awesome. I mean, it's almost bipolarism. You know? Oh, that'd be, that would be amazing. 
Everyone would want that. Let's do that. And then three and a half hours later, like, God, that was a terrible idea. Crying in the car. God, that's just a terrible idea. How would I ever? I really suck. How Why I did I buy that? Doing that. That's just stupid. Ah, <laughs> go jump off of a roof. So what? <laughs> before I forget, but like, so, so, we're, so, don't miss the opportunity to grow. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's uncomfortable. If you if you, if y'all are just staring at your phones, and I know people talk about this all the time, yeah. and it's such a cliche, but when I was in Phoenix at work, I was by myself, and so naturally, you know, you're sitting by yourself, you're yeah. looking on your phone. Yeah, I try to make it a point to not be on my phone when I'm eating. Yeah, and uh, I remember sitting in this restaurant, and there was a family behind me, and the three kids. They looked like they were probably nine, six, and three, and then the wife and the and the and the dad. Mm-hmm. None of them looked at each other. Or the waiter or yeah. anything. They were all on their tablets and phones the whole meal. Yep. And I thought, man, and, and, and that's no different than any, and I've done that. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but it's just, it was just very, uh, uh, it was very eye opening for me at that particular moment. But this deal about us being in quarantine, like you could really sit in misery or you could be like, you know what? Let's start some new things as a yeah. family. Yeah. Hey, this morning, let's get up together and let's all go put our feet in the grass and just, talk about gratitude yep. or whatever that stuff is really go uncomfortable. Do a project together yeah let's go look yeah. for earthworms yeah let's get go your hands in together. the dirt you know it's really yeah. good for your immune system yeah. putting your hands in the dirt yeah man being outside yeah and, awesome. and people some uv man well and, not much today it's no. kind of cloudy but. but so that's that's just one of those things it's, it's like don't miss that opportunity you know if your buddies say hey you want to go hunt, do you want to go hunting next weekend yeah well he knows you've never been hunting right say yes Right. It's super uncomfortable. They'll teach you everything you need to know. Yeah. You don't have to like literally right. go take the gun and point it at something and, and take its life. Right. They're probably not going to let you because right. that would be irresponsible. Yeah. But you'll get to be exposed to something and yep. it's like, wow, man, that might be something I'm really into. Yeah. And you talk about skill sets. You just, I mean, there's just, that's one thing about the order of man. I mean, he talks a lot yeah. about like, hey, learn jujitsu, learn right. a martial art, right? get your ass in shape, take care of your finances. Yep. Treat your woman good, you know, and, and, and that's a pretty, that's, those are great things to operate under. But in a situation like this, people get super fearful and do dumb shit. Yeah. I'm not so concerned about the situation. I'm concerned about the people. Yeah. And I think, you know, you made a good point. I I think it's all about just being purposeful. You, you can't, you have a choice as a father and as a, as a husband and as a, as a male leader in society. And I do believe every male is a leader in society. You have a choice. And that choice is you can either allow society to dictate how you're going to respond or how you're going to react, or you can respond in a way that's purposeful and that is different than everyone else. And not just to be different because it's the right thing to do. You, you, you're responding to do something that is actionable and it's purposeful and you're not allowing someone to lead you down a path that your family doesn't need to go down. And there's nothing wrong. You know, I mean, um, I, I think it's, it's just people, they don't, um, it, yeah, a good example is I have a friend, I have a friend and some people would kind of consider him a little, a little awkward, a, a little socially, not awkward, but a little ostracizing sometimes. He's a great guy. But the other day I was talking to him and I said, Hey, did you get that picture I sent you? He said, Oh, well, I can't, I don't get pictures anymore. And he got a light phone. I don't know if you know what a light phone is, but it's basically like an iPhone, but all you can do is text message and call on it. And there's a couple of apps like a calculator on it and that's, a, but that's it. So no more Instagram on it, no more Facebook on it, no more. It's not a computer anymore. It's sure. a phone again. 
And his whole philosophy was, I, I don't want to be held captive by a device anymore. I want to live my life to be more actionable and control my thoughts better so that I can control them in a manner. Because when I have that device in front of me, I'm not in as much control. And, and we're all guilty of letting this thing take us captive. And it's designed to do that. Yes. It's designed, yes. and it just happened to you. It's yeah, yeah, the, it the, yeah. The, the blue light, oh, yeah. the blue light oh, yeah. that, that illuminates off of it, yeah. the way the apps are designed, everything is designed to keep you captive. That's right. Um, and then three, four hours, you know, three hours go by and you spent the whole time on your iPhone. Oh, it's, it's like, it's like you can sit there and play video games and eight hours go by and, and your the mom can't understand how it's yeah. because you were in such a trance. <laughs> yep. And when I first got sober, playing video games was like one vice I had and I would come home and I would play video games and it yeah. was like, uh, I, there was no more crying. <laughs> there was no more shakes, you know, once yeah. I got through all that. Yeah. One thing, uh. What you were saying about um, not letting people persuade you or things persuade you. Another way to say it, I think, would be if you think, if you feel like something is right in your gut, in your truth, your whatever, your Holy Spirit, and you don't go with it because you're afraid what other people will say or think or how to look, then you've just done a disservice to yourself. And and those around you who, who very potentially either may be following you or are your responsibility. Um, especially if you have a family, if you yeah. have a wife and children and, and, and so, yeah, I think that, I think that people, again, what we're talking about really overall is basically just this. There's nothing wrong with technology. I, I, my practices and my businesses couldn't run without technology. Our podcast couldn't run without technology. We want technology, but we want to harness that. Yeah. yeah. Not allow us to harness us. There is nothing, an old cowboy friend of mine once told me, a guy, a guy named Roger, who he's now gone, um, but uh, I was in Colorado, and I was getting ready to ride up into the Route National Forest with a group of guys on, a, on a, about a four or five day trail ride, and he was teaching me some stuff about this horse I was going to ride, and he said, you know what, Darren, sometimes you're the horse on top, sometimes you're the horse on bottom. He said, it looks like today, you're the horse on bottom. Was it sometimes you're the bug, or sometimes <laughs> you're the windshield? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, you can either harness technology... And then use it in a way, and sometimes we get a little off track, and I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Use it as a way to improve your quality of life, to make you more productive, to give you more opportunity potentially, to grow your business, to grow, to grow whatever you're passionate about, to, to connect with your family. You and I do Marco Polo now, and I love it. Every now and then, about once a week, or maybe, you know, we've only done it for about two or three weeks, but about once a week, you'll send me a video, and I'll send you one. And it's just fun to connect because we get to see each other, and it's just you and me no one else involved so we could talk about things that we don't want other people to know about because that's private and and i so we're using technology in a way that can grow our relationship and it's at our leisure it, exactly it's not like because getting each other on the phone exactly is rare yeah yeah exactly exactly and and when you're not on a job or you're in a lunch or you're sitting in your sauna and you got nothing to do and you want to talk to me you can talk to me and i can respond when i need to and so but i think that's us harnessing technology again that's us being purposeful that's us being actionable versus that stuff harnessing us allowing it to just just be the rudder of us yep. because i'll see it happen i'll be yep. on a job i'll go in the truck to get a drink or something and i'll every time i flip open my flip yep. open i open my phone and then there's like a there's a sequence of things i check yeah you know and then yeah i get halfway through it and i'm like son of a bitch you just did this 20 minutes ago oh i know you run this fucking company oh, I, put I, that I, down he's guilty and i i you know i I think there's any one thing that probably 
It's harder on our marriages than anything today. Technology wise is probably our phones. And I think again, what we're really all talking about here is that I think men today, you know, in a nutshell, number one, we need to be actionable. We need to be purposeful. Number two, we need to do the hard. We need to be around other men that make us do hard things that get us out of our comfort zones. And if we don't feel man enough to do it, that's fine. That's, there's no judgment there. If you don't feel man enough to, if you're scared to get on the back of a horse, come on out and I'll put you on one. Yeah. Because you need to attack that fear. And you know what? Some bad stuff might happen. I used to tell, I tell people all the time, it's not if, it's when you're going to get bucked off. But, but you're going to learn how to handle that and deal with that. And so there a lot of these things. Number one, we need to be actionable and personal. Number two, we need to do the hard. And number three, I think we need to be present. You've always talked about that. I think you, one of the tags is uh, you don't you have, have to be, be perfect. Perfect, perfect. You, you just have do. to be present. Yeah. And I think that's key too. And I think being real and authentic and, and developing some traits that men today have, they've disappeared in our culture. Yeah. You know, and developing those traits. And I think, I think, you know, if, if you're a man out there and there's no judgment there, but you need to learn this. If you're a man out there and you couldn't provide for yourself, if things hit the fan, if you know, like you would say, shit hit the fan, then you need to learn how to do that. There's no judgment there, but you need to learn how to do that. Yes. Why? Because it could happen. Why not learn how to do that? Anyone can learn how to do that, you know? And if you couldn't provide for your, if you couldn't hunt your own food, you need to learn how to do that. If not, you're, that's called self-governance. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the type of men, like I love the American cowboy lifestyle. Why? Because it's all about self-governance. Nothing gets done unless he does it or she does it. Cowgirl does it. You know? Sure. It's all about self-governance. I love all these things we've talked about, you know, hunting and all these different things. Why? Because it's all about self-governance. When you can't bullshit it. No, no. It either happens or it doesn't. Yeah. It either happened or it yep. did. Did you go get the milk? Yep. Did you kill anything? Harvest yep. anything? Nope. Yep. Looks like we're I, eating shoes, kid. We are so disconnected from how things actually get put on our table, how things actually... The way that you put food on the table is not to go work for a factory. No. The way you put food on the table is that someone's got to go out and grow it. Someone's got to go out and kill it. Someone's got to raise it, and then it gets shipped. That's the way it really gets there. And we're yeah. kind of so disconnected from that. I think it's good for men. They don't have to be in that role. You don't have to be the, the farmer or the cattle rancher or whatever. But you need to, you need to, you need to be connected with that. At least mentally. At, yes, least, yes. at least admit. Yeah. Like, yes, I have the comfort to be emotional yeah. about this issue. Yeah. Because food yeah. is going to be sent to you yeah. in some way or another. But, it, yeah. and it's even like you were talked about the light phone. And one thing that I find myself doing, I love the Waze app. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. That's because a, that's the, the, the traffic app, right? Yeah. yeah, and, yeah and it's yeah. all uh, yeah. crowds. People, people yeah. interconnect. And yeah. So it saved my ass so many times yeah. going to jobs and back and forth. I think and Michelle uses it. She it's, loves it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, however, I've got a horrible habit <laughs> of like driving to Fort Worth with it. I'm like, I. <laughs> I've been driving to Fort Worth from Weatherford lifetime. since I was like, that was like the first trip I ever made. Yeah, you, since you were eight and yeah. you drove your first car. Yeah, illegally. like there's no way. It's two turns. Yeah. I know how long. It's Left-hand turn on the highway and then straight in. But the thing about it is it shows you traffic jams. And, yeah. the, and the other day, a, yeah. a freaking bridge got knocked over and yeah. kind of. So, but like I'll, I'll t- but I also grew up, my first job as a welder, well, 
uh, first job in a service truck. Yeah. I was all over DFW yeah. and, you know, Mesquite in the you morning. Mapsco? I used a Mapsco. Yep. And, I remember. And my memory. And yep. so, like, you would have to, and that was like the thing. I remember the old yep. guys. He's like, no, nah, man, there's traffic. We're going to take a, we're going to drive down this road. Yeah. There's a service road, and you throw that guy a nickel, and he'll let you through the toll, and then you yep. go do the thing. And, and it was fascinating to me because you're driving yeah. through this huge maze, and it was always changing because of the way traffic was. Yep. And, and and people just don't know. You, so if you don't know what a Mapsco is, it's the size of a trapper keeper. If you don't know what a trapper keeper yep. is, I'll keep going backwards, but it's yeah. the size of a spiral notebook, like a big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And you had to look up the street name, the block number, and then kind of cross-reference it, yep. page number. It's coordinated. Yeah. It's and, got coordinates. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and then you would drive there. And if you were driving across town, you had to have multiple maps go. Yes. And you better hope they're updated. Yep. And and we just kind of gotten away from that, which it's, it's wonderful that we have the technology, but just to be redundant and say it again, what happens when you lose the technology and you can't even get to your mom's yeah, house? Um, there's a lot of studies that show that technology doesn't necessarily make, it, make us smarter. No. You know, uh, again, the guy, that, the friend of mine that has the light phone, he, they homeschool both of their children, and he's a strong believer in Socratic learning, in a, in a Socratic learning model, in a classical, classical learning education. And, um, and he also started to think called online great books, which is an amazing uh, thing. If you ever want to learn and read the Western works of literature, you need to go to onlinegreatbooks.com. Slash circle can, to get 25% yeah, off the first three months. <laughs> there you have it. And so, um, but you can, you can do that. And that's a phenomenal thing. Have you had him on your podcast? I think you have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought you had. Okay. And so, and, and but, but again, I think, I think, you know, just developing we need to be developing as humans and we need to be developing as dads and men. And I think all those things we've just talked about, you know, um, they're, you know, those different traits and those different things are important for us to do that. And I think that we live in a world of, um, men who are put up as experts. I always say an expert is a drip under pressure. Um, get it expert, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a terrible joke, but, but, but I mean, but I mean, we, we live in a world of, 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 of fakeness or, or false realities. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really refreshing when you meet a man who is real at what he does. And he's well-rounded. And those are the kind of men I like to be around. And that means if you're not that kind of man and you're a younger man or an older man, it doesn't mean you can't, social, that you can't be in my social circle. Um, but it just means that, that if you are in my social circle, I'm going to teach you something and you're going to teach me something. But we're not just going to coexist. And we're not just going to talk about booger and baseball. No, no. And we're not going to talk about, you know, I, there's a couple things that, that I just, again, I cannot deal with. And I, I, I know a lot of guys do it, but I'm not a fantasy football or fantasy sport guy. I, I just, that just, again, <laughs> I just, you know, go out and do something. And so, you know, that's probably a little judgmental. But again, to me, it's a, it's almost a symptom of our culture in well, some ways. Yeah, always having to be entertained and, and, and whatever, just, you know. But um, I just lost my train of thought. You talked uh, fantasy football. Oh, real, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you're in my social circle. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, people talking about, well, I don't have time yeah. or this or that. You've no, got plenty of time. Yeah. So one thing is um, I had a very uh, kind of a humbling realization. So I'm pretty, I'm gifted mechanically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way. Hey, okay. There's a song. There's a song um, by, by, by an artist named Corb Lund. And he sings a song called... Um, 
uh, hold on, I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, it's not dig, grave digger, dig, but he sings a song, and it's, he got the power of the, uh, uh, oh, he got the power of the, of the steel or something, and it's a song about this, about this roughneck guy you know, on a rig that he can pull the lightning down out of the sky and he can weld things and he can build things. Fuck yeah. And, and I'm telling you, man, this song, every time I hear this song, I was out on my, I was out on my tractor the other day and I had my AirPods in. I was listening to Core Blood and I was like, that's Ryan freaking Young right there. <laughs> that is that guy. And I so, but okay, I got way off track. No, thank you. But, but I'll, I'll look it up. While you're doing so that. like my brother is, uh, was the smart one. Right. And, um, that's that. That was the. That was, he was perceived to be the smart. That was the roles that were given out. Yes, yes. And um, um, he could he could fix anything supposedly, mm-hmm. but um, he was an idea guy. You know, not a whole lot. Yeah, of politics. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so what I um I remember one time he told me he was like uh, he said, "Man, I just kind of think about tearing stuff apart whenever I go to sleep." And I was like, "Huh?" So I started doing that when I was a little mm-hmm. kid, and so I still do that. That's how I, that's how I go to sleep. Or if I'm, if I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm just needing to be still, you gonna get us sued. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and so what I do is I disassemble things in my, my mind. Yeah. Whether it's a building or an engine or a, a flashlight or I build things or yeah. I try to figure out how stuff works or circuits or whatever. Um, and so that's, that's, that's just how my mind works. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah, you're gifted in that area. Thank you. So like when guys would tell me when I, when I would have, when I'd be talking with a guy that wasn't, you know, like didn't, was an IT, right. an IT guy right. or, or whatever he was, a barista or whatever he did, you know, an accountant. And he's like, man, I'm, I just don't have it. I just can't fix it. You right, know? right. And I remember one time we were on a double date and the wife was kind of busting the guy's chops, like talking to, she was talking to Marty, like that must be so awesome to be able to watch him work and fix all these things. And, you know, I'm. I'm kind of proud, but also yeah. a little uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at this guy like, dude, I'm Is sorry. That a come I, on? I didn't realize this was a cuckold date. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but just completely busting his balls, yeah, right? Yeah. But this guy's an amazing musician. Right. And I've always wanted to be a musician. That's just something I've sure. dreamt about. So I've been trying to teach myself to play guitar for the last five <laughs> yeah. years. My poor wife. My wife says seven, but yeah, I had the yeah. guitar for a year, played it, quit, and then yeah. started a year later because I was like, you're not going to quit. Right. And I've been teaching myself YouTube and, and yeah. buddies and chords, whatever. And, and uh, so I play every night for like an hour at the kitchen table. And I have been for the past. Wow. I'm, I have progressed so slowly <laughs> that I get embarrassed when she tells people, oh, he's been playing for like seven years. I'm like, shut up, woman. Say two. Seven months. Yeah, say two. <laughs> Tell him I got four fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm blind in one eye. Yeah. But, um, you know. I took a couple of lessons to learn mm-hmm. how to like um, to learn uh, how to hold the guitar. Well, no, 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 like music theory and yeah, like yeah, and yeah. like beats and counts and rhythm right. and, and right. you know what do these notes Chords. mean? Yeah, yeah, and just tricks. Right. And um, and it was like he was speaking fucking gibberish, yeah. man. <laughs> he would explain it to me, and I know he was getting frustrated. Like, dude, I can count. Okay, right, I right. get it. Like, I understand. Yeah. I just don't understand. <laughs> and it was so because it's been a long time since that's happened because I don't. I haven't. I purposely yeah. stayed away from anything that uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and so, but I remember I was driving home one day and it's like, I just don't get it. That's, I, he's yeah. got it. I just, it should be easy. And then it dawned on me. It's like all those dudes that were like, 
I just yep. don't understand how you fix stuff. And I'm like, dude, you just take the that's part right. out and you put the new part. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. But it made me realize, and that's such a small thing, but it made me realize how different we all are, which is obvious, but yeah. just to appreciate every man for oh, what yeah. skill he has instead of like. Yeah, know, absolutely. Because if I see a guy that's like um, physical prowess is not right. his thing. Right. But he, but he covets that. Right. I, I, I mean, I want to be the first guy to be like, well, buddy, this is how you do a push-up, man. Right. Yeah, I want to show him. Yeah. I, 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 I look at it this way. I, I am attracted to, in other men, mastery. Hmm. Mastery of a skill. So I've got a friend that's a that's a, a investment guy, financial advisor, and he's an unbelievable musician. He has a band. He's an unbelievable musician. That trait in him is a very attractive trait. The fact that he has mastered that to, to a pretty high level. You are, you, you know, if I, if I were going to call a guy and learned how to play an instrument, I would call him. It's Brian. Uh, got him, Brian Lee. If I was going to call a guy and learn how to fix a car or anything mechanical on a car, it would be Clayton Martin. Oh, yeah, Because he's just extremely mechanical and he knows vehicles very well. And I think that's a very, that's a very, and, and it's a manly trait. I don't mean from a macho standpoint. It's that mastery of that is, is very attractive. If I were going to call a guy to do anything structural and to have any artistic, Nick, because you have a lot of artistic, like metal sculpture and all these different things and angles and, and welding and all these different um, crafts, and I would call you, you know. And so there's several different guys in my life that, that represent mastery of different skills. And I think that's a very attractive trait. Now, I also think it's good for every man that has mastered this skill to also not necessarily be a master of the, of another skill, but at least learn something about it. Yeah. So, you know, I am not good at some things, but I always, people are like, man, you know, you know something about everything. I'm like, yeah, I've tried to. <laughs> it's not something that just came naturally. I, I've, I read, you know, I just read an article about, you know, um, um, expected progeny differences, which is which are called EPD scores for bulls and and cat, cattle, and so why? Because I want to be able to know something about the animals that I'm breeding and raising, and, and like I, I, bloodline specialists and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like like you know, you have a bull, and he has a certain EPD score, an expected progeny 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 difference, which means how many times will this particular bull throw the good qualities and the bad qualities that he has into his offsprings? Which ups the value of his of his seed. That's right. And it may and then you can mix and match these different females and these different sires and dams, bulls and bulls and, and cows or bulls and heifers. You can mix and match them to create the offspring qualities that you want to get more hybrid vigor, more um, uh, more value in the positive traits of the breed line. Well, that's not something I'm an expert at, but you know what? I listen to the experts and I go to seminars and I learn and I listen to podcasts and I read articles. Why? Because I want to know a little bit of significant value about everything, you know, that, that's, that's kind of in my interest level. And so I think that, that, um, that, that those are good things for men to do. You know, you might not necessarily want to, you might not be very physical, but you need to master or you need to learn some physical things mm-hmm. just to be able to exist. For an extended period of time. Absolutely. And because there could be a time where you're not existing the way you are right now. Mm-hmm. And shame on us. And I, I'm not shaming us, but I'm including myself in this. Shame on us if we can't possess at least the 
basic skills to provide for ourselves as humans. And something that you it's were called ta- survival. Yeah, something you were <laughs> talking about. The fittest, by well, the way. Well, and we've been we've been told, you know, like, um, oh, he's a he's a nut, or he's a whore, right. or he's a he's a, a doomsdayer, and it's right, like, right, no, right, no, 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 no. It's not that type of personality. There's there's two different extremes. You know, right. you can you can have you can be completely like. Uh, voluntarily ignorant to something, blissfully ignorant. Right, head in the sand kind of person. Yeah, or you can be a complete doomsdayer and, and, and never be able to leave your house. Right. You know, There's a fine line in between everything. And it's just having a general uh, preparedness for everything. Yes. So one thing to envision, if you can't, if you don't, like I don't even have a bow, I don't know what I'd go do, but just right. think about this. You know, if you live in a, if you live in a city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot of elk running around right, Fort, right. Fort, Fort exactly. Worth. Okay, exactly. but you know there is one thing to take into consideration. There is a complete shutdown, right? Yep. For whatever it is, and um, there's no power, and you know all your perishable food. Hopefully, is not. I mean, you know, it's perished. Yeah. Hopefully, you're not living off fruit roll-ups. Right. Right. Um, you don't know how to boil water other than on the stovetop. That's right. Electric, and you've got two kids. One of them's a baby. Right. You got to boil some water for, for uh, formula, formula or milk, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah. keep things clean. And then you've got a wife. Right. So you got to go find them some food. That right. doesn't mean that you go to Chicken Express and wait in line for two hours like, God, it was so hard. Like, right. you literally have to go find some food. Right. And you can't just haul ass in your car because it's completely gridlocked. There's right. no power. Right. There's no fuel stations. There's no traffic lights. It's chaos. Right. So you've got to think about right now, right where you're at, where would I go get food? And so that's, and you got to be quick. Yep. So um, is there a restaurant nearby that you can go barter something? Right. Hey, all of your food is about to go, right. is about to expire. Can I give you some money or something? Right. Um, you start digging in dumpsters. Yep. You start figuring out how you're going to go get food because eventually people are going to start coming to you and that's right. when the looting happens. Right. Because you have to protect your family. That that saying about nobody's coming to get us right. that's been going around a lot is is valid, and so you don't have to be a doomsday. But it's just it's always like when you walk into a room, you want to position your back to the to the wall and then just kind of look around. Yeah, I, I think it's just it, it, <clears throat> I think basically what you're saying, or correct me if I'm wrong. We need to be in touch with our sense of self preservation. Oh yeah. We need to be in touch with our sense of of um, self governance, and we need to be in touch with our sense of. Uh, protection and and uh, you know providing for ourselves and um, let's hope that we don't ever have to do that in the manner like you're just discussing. But if you wait to learn how to have some basic skill set, now like I said, you don't have to become a whack job on this. But I think there's value in 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 learning as a man how to do some basic things. And I don't care what your chosen profession is. I don't care what your skill set is. Anyone can learn. If you're a master artist and an amazing creative person, to tell me that you can't learn these other things, you're saying to me that you're just not smart enough. I don't believe that. I think it's a lack of desire. Or confidence. Or uh, it's a lack of desire, confidence, drive, whatever. But... You know, people, you know, it's, we, we, we talk about this in the medical world all the time. It's, it's called the, you know, the power to change or, or you know, the, the, in, in psychology, we, we talk about why people change and why they don't change. And most people will not change a habit until they have a susceptibility to a real problem. Sure. See, this is, this is why <laughs> gun sales in the U.S. 
the week after everything hit the fan with with uh, you know corona you know covid 19 gun sales went through the roof the fbi's uh instant check you know system had had more request than it has had in the last six months in a week two weeks because people you know oh they realize there might be a susceptibility to a problem now so let's not wait as as men and as as leaders until until that happens. <clears throat> let's just and so I think I think again that goes back to being prepared and being purposeful and all those things. I mean, you could do a whole podcast with a survival guy, you know, a guy that that does nothing but <clears throat> that teaches basic survival skills. You know, I know that if need be, I could get out of dodge and I could provide myself for months. Yeah, that's I, a good feeling. Yeah, I know that I'm I'm like even even right now I'm. 45 minutes from my house. Yep. Uh, based on ways. Yep. But if something were to happen yep. and we were, were without vehicles. Yep. I have a pretty good idea how back, how quick I could get back to my wife yep. and how I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, and it's not because I'm always like planning for the worst, but you kind of have to plan for the worst and hope for the best. And just, and just have that in the back of your mind. Like, you know, my daughter, um, there's been a lot of people walking to restaurants and yep. open fire. Yeah. That's a mental issue. Yeah. Um, so my daughter knows what to do in that situation. She knows what to do if it happens at a school. She knows yep. what the difference is between hiding behind rock and hiding right. behind drywall. Right. You know, and, and that's just because. You've taught her that. That was an opportunity. Yeah. It, yeah. it, was, a, it was an interesting concept to her. Yeah. And a lot of people would scoff at that, but she knows it. Yeah. And if that ever comes in handy, yeah. Well, then fuck y'all. That's that, that's good knowledge. Well, I mean, you, to put to put it into perspective, you are how many miles from your home from the ranch right now? How many miles approximately? About forty. Forty-five. You're about forty-five miles from your house to the ranch. Do you know how long it would take you to get there on horseback? Um, probably about an hour and a half. Oh no 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 no. No, a good mileage traveling distance on a horse per day is about 15 to 20 miles. So if I tried to get them there that quick, they'd just be exhausted. Uh, well, you'd probably kill them. Sure. You'd run them to exhaustion, right? Or they would stop on you. So it would take you about two and a half to three days to get from here to where you live. No kidding. Yeah, because you, you can travel about 18 to 20 miles on a horse per day. So you think about how fast a horse can run, yeah. Well, let's say they run, you know, 20 miles an hour. That's all out. You know, you're There's running sprinters. 20 miles an hour. You're not going to do that. So it's going to take you some time to get there. And a lot of people don't recognize that. Um, and so, you know, when you go on trail rides, if you, do, if you do 20 miles in a day, that's a pretty good day on a trail ride. Now, you would be run, you would be going faster on the horse, so you could probably get there faster than what I said, but still, it, people just, again, I'm just talking about the idea that people just don't have a concept of how, how great it is to be able to get in your diesel truck and go 80 miles an hour. It's just, and we all just, we all just get, just get very creature comfort oriented, so I think it's good sometimes to connect, again, this circle back around, to connect to the hard, yeah. to do some things that are harder. Um, and to be able to have some skills that you could use that come from hardness, from involuntary hardship. Well, and, and you know, just to, uh, so people can have some kind of homework on this, you know, because there's a lot of stuff we talked about. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> us two having a conversation yeah. does not go in a straight line. Yeah, no, no, it's a zigzag. Um, 
<clears throat> but there's companies, and the, and you don't even have to go out and get uh, what is it, Sigma Six, Sigma yeah. Seven, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the big, or go or a GoRuck, one of their classes. They have amazing stuff that you could do. But if you wanted something that was a little less intense, you know, maybe just a general thing, yeah. is REI. Yep, is a phenomenal company. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't know about REI and what they do, um. If you're in the DFW area and you've ridden on a mountain bike trail or anything like that, yep. chances are there's a lot of REI money involved in that. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're just a phenomenal company. Yeah. Go to that company, shop there, become a co-op member. It's like $20 a year. You get money back. You get yep. money back. Yep. Um, but they have classes. Yeah. And they'll teach you basic bike uh, backpacking. They'll teach yep. you, um, you know, first aid. And, and you can just you just go into all these different absolutely and and there's so many opportunities where you don't have to go to a two-week man camp where somebody's screaming right. at you and you feel like an asshole you know you can right. go do something as a family yeah with a family and also you teach this is such a good opportunity to teach your family resilience mm-hmm. like don't let your kids freak out yeah don't let them see you yeah of course it's okay yeah. to be worried i mean there's a lot of guys out there that are you know, young couples that are both wait staff. Right, right. I mean, shit. They got, yeah. it, you know, so um, I would just urge anybody to just pick one thing right. and go find a place like that and to where you could learn something new. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion. I, th- I think just just get around a group of guys, too, that, that can help you <clears throat> that can help you develop some of the traits that you want to develop and recognize that, that, you know, we talked about this earlier, that um, they're, they're – they're, the pendulum swings to extremes usually. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just be more well balanced, and 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 you know you don't have to be the warrior stud, and you don't have to be the couch potato, but learn a little bit about everything. Be around other men that challenge you. If you're around a group of guys and you feel totally comfortable, now I don't mean totally comfortable safety and security wise, and just trust wise. That's fine, but if you feel unchallenged and totally comfortable around a group of men, get you a new group of men. Yeah. I always tell guys to chase after mentors like they're chasing after a woman. Yeah. Get get around a group of guys that make you feel a little, you know, I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you when I'm out here and, and you know, we did our branding last week and I, I invited some real skilled cowboys, some guys that are ranchers. And one of the guys is a PRCA, you know, saddle bronc rider. And I, I invited some guys that I know have really high skill levels working with livestock. Why? Because I want to watch everything they do and I want to learn from them, you know, but I feel a little like the greenhorn, a little uncomfortable, but it was a great experience, you know, a great experience. And that just makes everything better too, because you get to learn from some really high skilled crafted individuals. And so challenge yourself, be around people that can challenge you. And if you, you. and if you would have like, it would have been very easy for you to like, hire a bunch of knuckleheads and just do it myself and feel and like be the man and you be the man yeah, like the exactly. big guy but you would have exactly. missed that opportunity right exactly and you wouldn't have gained anything from it no no and i i, I went in I, it was kind of funny because i was talking to one of the guys that helped out a guy named hawkins boyce and yeah, well, that's such a cool name by the way hawkins boyce yeah. hawkins said i said i said hey man I, uh, whoever wants to rope works find me he said hey she's your branding dude you tell us what to do and he was just so good about giving me um leadership and and being re- very respectful to me, probably the least experienced out of the group, um, except for maybe one or two other people. And and I've been to brandings and I've been involved with that stuff and I rate these cattle are ours. But 
um, basically, I, I I thought, you know, that, that that's that's pretty cool that he's class. yeah, it was very classy. And so I went in and I roped set, you know a bunch of times and everything. And I was like, I was like, all right, now I want to give these guys a chance. I want to watch Hawkins rope and I want to watch Dustin rope. And so I, I said, Hawkins, why don't you rope some now? And so he's like, okay, cool, that's cool. So I went down. I worked flank crew. I worked ground crew, you know, and castrated and 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 branded did other stuff. And so, but it's. That's a cool experience to be in because you get to really learn. And then at the end of everything, it was really cool because, it, you know, I am kind of a scientist, as you know. So sure. I had all my meds ready and I have spreadsheets to log everything and I had everything laid out correctly. And he was like, dude, he's like, dude, you did all this stuff really good. He said, your braining forge you built was spot on. He said, I noticed how you had all your, and what, what meds are you giving these cattle? Because I want to talk to you about that. I want to see what we're doing and you're doing. And these are guys that, that you know, they raise on a 26,000-acre ranch. Sure. Three or 400 mama cows up in, you know, up in Odessa. And so he's like, hey, what meds are you giving them and everything? I was like, hey, I did something right. So I learned something. I also got a little bit of affirmation, a little bit of confirmation. And, uh, and, and at the same time, I, 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 I'm doing better. And I, I think that that's important for other men to be around men that can sharpen them. So, yeah, Absolutely. So. Yeah, man. Well, you're definitely one of those men in my life. I mean, it's uh, every time we're around each other, I gain something. Me too. And so, I love you, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. Love this podcast, and and, uh, more guys should listen to it. I hope so. I hope they will. So, uh, thank you so much, Darren, for taking the time, inviting me out to your ranch. You bet. Uh, We look forward to shooting a little bit here, and then um, that's it, man. All right, man. Well, you do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. My name is Ryan. We chase those kids till the day we die because love runs downhill. Thanks. Mm-hmm.